Hey guys, welcome back to the uh, second edition of the podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in with us. You got Matt here along with Nick. What's up, guys? We're gonna talk once again. We're gonna talk about some stuff a little bit more structured this time. We're gonna try something different as we're we're learning along with you guys. So uh, let's. I say we just dive into it, right, Nick. Absolutely. All right. Well, first off, let's uh, do a little bit of uh, what recap of the week. I think. You know, so uh, anything you've seen noteworthy in the week, I got a couple things. But if you want to take the lead here, um, I guess uh, throughout the week, um, not too much. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk in the F1 world getting prepared for uh, Portugal, mm-hmm. which I think we're gonna do a, a little bit more of a deep dive on later in the podcast. But yep. uh, a lot of build up for that. Um, a lot of interest in some new cars or teams looking into Formula E, so that's going to be real interesting coming up. Oh, okay. Uh, definitely know the some of the larger competition uh, to a lot of the mm-hmm. manufacturers that are there now are, are definitely looking into Formula E. We probably won't see those cars coming until 2022, but... No, they're 2021, they're going to have to get, you know, frankly, back into everything with the original you know 2019 peeps right or or just the start of the 2020 season but yeah yeah well i think another other things that have going throughout the week is you know your general discussion a couple of things jumped out at me is uh, the whole kyle larson thing with you know given the current state of uh well in the u.s and even you know the world i guess at this point right um with you know, race relations and, and uh, you know, equality and things like that that people are protesting for. And, and when you say race country. relations, you're talking actual biological race, not uh, racing. <laughs> not <motorsports>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I guess it, it does have a, a motorsports connection, that's, but it's nice, I guess, and, you know, some, we'll, we'll bring it up later in a, in a later segment, but nice to see, you know, uh, you know, that stuff being acknowledged, obviously, like it already has been, but just something I came across I want to talk about. Um, a couple cars got released. I saw something with Bugatti uh, that you had sent me where they they, well, they sent a teaser of what looked like some taillights. So, you know, they're working on something new over there, I guess. something new. Yeah, I don't know if that Chiron. release was today, and I just am not caught up enough. I happened to catch it on Instagram this morning. Uh, scrolling oh, they only through. do a new car every, like, what, 10 years or something? So it's basically just going to be another, you know, another variant of the Chiron, right? So Yeah, um, but did you look at those taillights? I mean, I think I haven't really. Well, Bugatti cars definitely, some of them are interesting looking. I wouldn't say they're not beautiful, but they definitely, I think, always look good. And the Chiron, I love the Chiron in and out. I think it is an absolutely drop dead gorgeous car. But I mean, I expect it to look like that for Bugatti. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of like like with like with Lamborghini. You expect crazy especially from them but that was interesting too um a couple so, of other talkings here and there going on as well and yeah like you said uh looking really looking forward to portugal to portugal I'm, I'm looking forward to get back i think yeah we'll do a uh you know i'm planning on watching as much of qualifying <clears throat> and practice and you know race day as well obviously in worst case I'll, I'll record it and watch it later and i think we'll do a little bit of deep dive, like you said on that as well you know kind of Maybe maybe start you know a new segment where we deep dive into F one or, or a couple other races here and there we see through. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to Ooh. think there, if there was anything else this week that was noteworthy. I mean, 
most of the seasons are winding down right now. Um, yeah. So we probably missed some stuff. I mean, if you guys, if you guys see anything you want us to talk about it, we missed. I guarantee you, we missed a whole heck of a lot. So <laughs> let us know. Reach out to us on the RLR media accounts or, or social media. And let us know stuff that we missed. We'd be happy to take a look at it and give our opinions on it. So and, and, and you know, work with and, and see how you what you guys think of it too. Maybe it'll help inform change some of our opinions i'm always open to that so yeah and if you if you've got news articles that you want us to look over we do have a new email address it's podcast at redlineresorts.com so do uh keep that in mind if you guys have something that uh you don't hear us talking about but let's um interestingly let's jump into this carl larson or excuse me kyle larson stuff. kyle larson yeah one thing i i close out though maybe the actually Let's head forward to, uh, we'll do, what is this? <clears throat> I think we're moving a little bit of a, a recap of the week. One more thing I'd say is we have a little bit of motorsport. Before we jump in to pump the brakes, uh, let's, let's do uh, let's do a finished recap of the week with uh, some motorsport history for you guys that I found interesting. So surfing online, I found a motor trend thing. They're talking about, you know, just this general week in motorsport history of any year, right? And it looks like the one thing that stuck out to me is on October 25th. So obviously not today, but what would that be? Friday, Saturday? No, Sunday, something like that. I wonder where the 25th even be. Uh, let's see. So we're recording this due uh, to yeah, outside we factors were... on Tuesday, uh, October 20th. So the 25th would be Sunday. So it's going to be the technically even next week. I'm not sure why they call it this week. Yeah, so on that day, John Surtees won his uh, won the 1964 F1 Driving Championship, which Surtees is one of my, I think, watching even, a, a, I didn't know much about him until watching a, a Grand Tour special or Top Gear special, and um, they turned me on to Surtees. He's one of my favorite drivers. Um, in addition, you know, there's something special about Portugal coming up that we'll cover uh, a little bit later on as well. And the last thing I'll say is another one is, here uh what is it uh fangio won his first world grand prix driving title in 1951 actually on today in 1951 so i don't know how many years ago that was but yeah so i think it's kind of cool so would have been uh yeah. what 59 years ago oh uh, sick yeah. maybe 59 yeah 59 years 59 ago years yeah ago. so a couple interesting things uh i it's some i always think it's interesting i like history a lot and I'm getting more and more into racing history, so I like to pay attention to stuff. But let's uh, let's let's drop down a gear and move into uh, what we got. So pump the brakes, actually. So let's uh, <laughs> pump the brakes and drop down a gear. <laughs> <laughs> let's. So Kyle Larson, I thought it was interesting. So I told you guys in last week, last car because I grew up, you know, watching with my grandpa. So I didn't really catch any races or get back into the research. But one thing I did see that was interesting that I find refreshing. You see Lewis Hamilton and a lot of the drivers in F1. And FEN sports around the world with the, the current, you know, racial tensions in the country and the world and the, and the protests for, you know, for, for equality, which, you know, Redline Resorts, Nick and I here, I, I think goes without saying we are fully in support of, you know, equality and the protests and the, you know, the missions behind this, these movements, right? And <clears throat> I think that NASCAR had a little bit of an issue here with Kyle Larson. So if you guys don't know, in a nutshell, he was doing an online event, uh, online racing event, and I, he essentially uttered a racial slur that I won't repeat here. 
uh, on what I think he thought was a private chat, but it wasn't. And as a result, uh, NASCAR suspended him for how long? I don't remember. I, for some reason, six months is sticking in my head. Or maybe it was through the end of the season, current season, and six months is how long he was gone for. I, I don't remember. I'd have to look it up and maybe report back next week. But he essentially, I think he, uh, uh, what's the word, Nick? Uh, not petition, but he appealed maybe is the word. Or, you know, he appealed NASCAR, I guess, would be the word that comes to my mind, to be, you know, reinstated as a driver. Um, I mean, if you're, you know, say what you want about NASCAR, professional left turn driving, they are very talented drivers. Anyone who can race in NASCAR, I think, deserves to be racing there so we can see them display their talents, right? Absolutely. And essentially, he got reinstated. Um, he issued a tons, you know, tons of statements that he was in the wrong and he's learned and he's young and he's growing. And I just want to talk about it a little bit because I think it's really cool. While it's not the, what he did, it's not cool. But I do think he's learned from it. And I, I like, while it may have been extreme, potentially, the way you look at it for the suspension or whatever NASCAR did, whatever the proper word is, I mean, it just goes to show that even, frankly, you know, a sport that I wouldn't think would be the first to change on you know, uh, racial relations and even equality where it's like what mostly male, you know, especially with, with drivers among the different motorsports groups and uh, series, you know, they are paying attention to the changing environment. They suspended him. I don't know what their decision was to bring him back because I feel like if they suspended him for that, why would they bring him back? But I, I just think it's a good thing overall where I think he's done his due. Um, he's obviously going to been hurt and will be continued to be hurt by it in years to come. Right. And NASCAR is making a point to stay on the times and, and be part of the, the movement, which I think is a good thing on their part, just like other drivers like Hamilton making demonstrations and so on. So I thought it was cool, really interesting uh, and relevant and relevant given the current times, you know? So, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts, Nick, but, I think it's a I think it's a good step forward for racing in general, and I like I like what NASCAR did. Responded really quickly, and but in, in kind, they also responded in kind to Kyle and brought him back after petitioning because he's a talent, and I think he served his due and he, he learned from his mistake. He definitely learned from his mistake. I think um, it's definitely you know obviously there are, are certain words out there that hold so much more meaning and so much more backstory than the words yes. that we utter on a daily basis. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, a lot of the time when you're in a position of power or fame or talent, such as the NASCAR drivers, you can lose sight mm -hmm. of that. And it takes a very humbling moment to bring that back. Um, this was his humbling moment. So, I think he'll learn from it. I mean, or he already has, but I think I wouldn't be. I I think it'd be cool to see him be a force for change. You know, not not that there necessarily isn't, but a driving force for change in NASCAR. And maybe that you could argue that'd be a PR stunt or whatever. You know, a little cynical, but and well, I think I mean, in, in we, part we it, it could whole, be. We had the whole issue with, um, you know, Bubba Wallace as well. Um, yeah, that I, I, I honestly, I don't even think I have an opinion. I was trying to follow while that was going on. I don't even think that, I have an that opinion was either for or against. Yeah, yeah, I don't. 
I, so, I feel like everyone had an opinion. I feel like I was the odd one out with that, you know? I feel like that everyone seemed to have an opinion either for or against him with the situation that was going on. I'm sure you guys know what's going you know what we're talking about. It was all over the news during yeah, like Nick said, middle of quarantine. Nothing else to do, right? <laughs> um but I I just I never took a side, I guess. I didn't think he was right or wrong. I just didn't think there was enough factual evidence on either side to convince me. I kind of felt like the odd one out. Not that I didn't. My opinion was having no opinion. And sometimes I think there's value in that. But nowadays, you don't really see a whole lot. Of that. It's, I think people are very polarized one way or another. Which... Absolutely. Oh, sorry about that, folks. We had a little technical difficulty come up with the uh, the storm overhead, uh, our recording mm -hmm. location. But uh, we might back. have to keep this one a little short, huh? So then this week, uh, we'll see if we've got any more issues that uh, come up. We'll we'll take care of them. In the meantime, let's uh, get into our our next segment here, which I believe we were going to hop into our our deeper dive on Portugal. Yeah, deep dive. Well, I guess deep dive on Portugal. I think deep dive we were saving for uh, BMW stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and that in general, I was going to say maybe to open up deep dive is, or maybe even more general sense. I'm looking forward to Portugal a lot. I, I think, I for some reason there's there's I think I know why. I Senna is actually one of my favorite favorite all time drivers, and I think his results speak for themselves. And if I remember correctly, his first F1 podium i believe was in portugal i don't know what year it was and i think i'm correct on that but again i could be wrong and probably am so if i'm wrong guys please correct me and let us know <laughs> i think his i think his first one was in portugal so it holds a special you know i guess place for me um because obviously senna has, is long gone but his you know his talent will never be and I'm looking forward to see what happens in Portugal first time in how long have we not been there with F1? I mean, it's been a I mean, long time. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I could, I'm probably wrong, but may, last I know was is Senna. Era. I mean, so who knows? Who, who, and frankly, given the some of the races this, this season were, you know, we've seen what double, uh, double red flag restarts and, and, or, or who knows what. I mean, I'm hoping it's a good race. Um, I'd kind of frankly like to see Hamilton not get a podium. I think it'd be kind of cool to have a uh, unique, you know, unique podium, unique three up there. I can't remember what race it was, where it was what. It was uh, Racing Point, McLaren, and who was the who was the third driver? That, I can't remember that what was, race that was. Um, was that? Was it Red Bull? Was it Albon? 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 Alex? Uh, no, it was Pierre Gasly, because he won. Oh, that's right. Nah, it's still technically Red Bull. Alvatari. 
That's yeah, still Red Bull. <laughs> it's the Red Bull feeder team, but yeah, it's still Red Bull. Yeah, so that's why Red Bull's in my head. But yeah, I, I want to see some. I, I would think it'd be cool to see a, you know, uh, a, a non-traditional podium. I, all I, all cool. I really want to see is just points for Williams. I just want to see a points finish for Williams. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I uh... <laughs> just to just to give, you know. Claire, I know Claire's no longer a part of the team, neither is her father, but... Well, the family isn't, period. Right, but it, w- it would be a nice way to end the season if they could just get a point. That'd be fantastic. But getting, yeah. Getting that car into 14th place... Yeah. Um, might be... I mean, Williams has got, much like the Senna in Portugal, it's... I think that was... I, th- I think... Uh, one thing I'm looking at... One thing I actually want to see... I want to see something out of Ferrari. <laughs> um, I don't think we will. I don't think we will. But I think it'd be a bombshell if we saw something from Ferrari. <laughs> I mean, Leclerc, maybe. But I mean, if they're he, not throttling, he didn't uh, do terrible. They the, just don't have the, the car. Event. I mean, their car is just frankly trash this year. I think it's trash. Yeah, well, Jeremy Jeremy Clarkson years ago said something that I firmly believe in. Uh-huh. When they are it's making a... beautiful cars, road-going cars, their F1 team is awful. And when their F1 team is doing fantastic, they make terrible road-going cars. It's almost like they huh. share the team. And quite honestly, right now, their cars are gorgeous. And you and I have our opinions about Ferrari. And, Which we won't get into today, but yes, yeah. I can agree that they are making beautiful cars, road-going cars right now. It seems like every freaking day is a new, different, different Ferrari, current Ferrari model, which it just shocks me. Because I, I always it's used to think a of Ferrari, right? Like I, I, when I was growing be, up, it has to be I a thought, distraction from our team's doing terrible. Uh, make the most gorgeous car you can possibly think of that's completely outlandish and catches fire every once in a while, but. We'll do get, one like, a week while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it seems like like back in the day, I, I maybe because I wasn't paying attention to Ferrari back in, you know when I, was, when I was younger, but you know you, they were like you, they had main cars like the La Ferrari or you know the 458 or the 488 GTB when it came out or you know the Enzo the you know I can go on whatever right like they had a couple you know. Like like a year car that was amazing. Well, with the five nine nine GTO or whatever it is, and then like but like also like like the name brand cars like the four fifty eight for example, right? Or the Berlinetta, whatever. And now, I like that, but that wasn't often. I was seeing a new Ferrari, you know. Well, when, and now it seems like every Instagram money. picture there's a different Ferrari every week. Yeah, and when they were making podiums in F one, and they were making podiums in DTM. They that that's fantastic, but they were making yeah. the F12 <laughs> as a road going car. But we're, yeah. we're getting off topic. We'll we'll deep dive into the whole. Yeah, well, let's dive into uh, the thing we want to talk about today, which should be BM. I I brought this up to Nick today. The BMW design. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm going to go go out on a limb here and say I don't like it. Um. It started with the new M3 and M4 grills, and I've seen a lot of car journalists come back and say it looks much better in person. And I might be beating a dead horse here, but I don't. Here's the thing. 
when you know the, the the jump on hating BMW bandwagon from the grill size, you know, started with the what the seven series, I think, or the, the current or previous, the current model or current platform seven series, you know, sure, that I think trickled into the, the five series and, and even the the three a little bit with the the whatever the new I can't I, I don't BMW models escape me I don't know all the different E whatever's and blah 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 I'm sorry BMW is not my thing but what I will say is I don't like them I I back then I didn't really care I didn't think they looked terrible like the seven series girl for example or seven series or the X seven or or whatever but for some reason all of a sudden I'm on the grill train. Like, I, I don't like the grill design on the M3 and the M4. No, you know you know all. what the front end of the M3 and the M4 look like to me right now? What's that? They look like a terrible ripoff of an Alfa Romeo. And why on God's earth hmm. would you ever try to copy an Alfa Romeo right now? <laughs> yeah, I... I would say it looks like a like they tried to... Yeah, that that actually makes sense. I, I would agree with that statement, but I would add, and then they tried to add a whole bunch of a corn, like bending metal in corners to make it like more yeah, aggressive. It doesn't. Well, honestly, it looks like someone stuck two radiators, literal radiators, yeah. for an apartment building, on the front of this mm-hmm. thing, and then tried to sculpt it into the hood. Like, I'm sure they look better in person, but let's I'm be sure, honest. I'm sure I, they do we, too, and I can oh, see right. where it's a. I can see where it's a nod back to. Uh, for example, the E30s, which I know you're you're not big, but the the late 80s, the the real boxy style. Okay, I can see where that's kind of a nod back to that. But the but the the cars aren't boxy. The double it it looks off. Yeah, the double power bulge in the hood looks hideous. It looks absolutely hideous to me. Here's the interesting too. I thought is more general BMW can stick with the here's the thing i like i never i've never liked the sport suvs is what clarkson and and, and richard and Han, richard and uh, james may have always said i think no one makes a good sport suv period maybe lamborghini i like the way the Urus looks but um besides that you know like they're they're x what they're xm no what is it they're the odd numbers i think right no they're even numbers are the weird ones with like the coupe style suvs i don't like them at all and i like i like the way the seven series looks with the big grill it's a big car and it fits the car right well even the seven series sedan it and, fits and the initially car. the seven series i didn't like but it's grown on me and seeing a couple of them in person like around the country mm-hmm. club and um in various starbucks drive-thrus excuse mm-hmm. me drive-thrus um also happens to be the unofficial home of the uh, Range Rover, but or the G wagon or the G wagon <laughs> as they as they told us at the auto show many years ago. Uh, not has it? How long was that ago? And it, that well, was what three years ago, maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that experience later. But um, no, I, like the Seven Series grew on me. It's gonna be really hard for this to grow on me. I like the oh, bottom half of the front end with the, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of got the F1-esque arrow package to it with the, you know, the curved oh. inlets and then the, the slits kind of off over yeah. the wheel wells for the brake cooling. I like mm-hmm. that. 
But once you get above that, I I can't get behind the double power bulge with the air inlets. It looks like something that... It, it looks like someone went back to 2004, went to a Need for Speed game, and went... <laughs> I'm just going to start maxing all the sliders out for the customization on this car and yep. see what comes out. And that's what came out. And they went, eh. Here's what I can't get past with specifically comparing. I mean, the only, they're the most current ones we can see. So that's why I keep holding back to the M3 and the current, the new M3. And M3. I've always respected the M3. Absolutely. However, it was a but for me, game. yes, and it, it's a fantastic car. But for me, you know, if I wanted a coupe, or and, and I prefer that word, being even being American, I, I I might say coupe or coupe, but I think coupe sounds better. I agree with how they, so some of the stuff the way the uh, Europeans describe things, but coupe and this, you know, I'm feeling coupe today, so we'll stick with coupe. But if I wanted a coupe BMW. You know, a fast BMW. I would have gone. I could go with an M4, right? I don't need the extra. You know, that there's seats in the back. You can squeeze in the back. It's for me, not for you, right? But if I wanted a, a fun car, M2 all the way. You know, I I can't think of a. And that's also also could actually it's a coupe. No, it's a two door, right? It's not a coupe. The, M, the M2 is a two door, so it's yeah. a coupe. So same if I wanted a more sloped roofline, I guess I'd choose or in more like you know a souped up M2 quote unquote, I guess. Well, the, I would M- choose the M2 competition is. Yeah, and I think when I talked about that's what I would choose. Frankly, nowadays over both, of them, I would choose the M2 competition. I would never really choose an M3 period. But the one thing I don't, two things I don't like is on BMW M cars, they shouldn't have fake fence. Period. Like period. That's just. 2020 you know 2020 real i think as the straight pipes on youtube describe it i i love their review the the new m3 and m4 quick review right and to me bmw m cars should not have fake those fake vents fake anything not grills and like fake vents was what i and i think those do based on what i was watching and researching the other thing too is i agree with i think i can't remember if it was yuri or jacob who said it I like the lines on the M3 body lines on the M3 better, but they should be better on the M4. And I don't like yeah. that either. The so the body lines for this generation, and I'm not sure what the designation for this generation is, but the the body lines for this generation were built for specifically a four door vehicle. Yeah. The the M4 looks like it's missing something when you look at the side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yep. Y- yeah, which expecting... the M, I argue the M3 doesn't. The M3 doesn't look like no, it's it missing doesn't. something. Because it has, I think it's like what the M4 has one main body line going, like sharp body line, like underneath the underneath the windows, I think. And then the M3 has, I think, two, two sharp body line, and it looks proper. At least the side profile, I think, does. Front and the front is a different story, and the taillights are boring too. Like, I think that the taillights on the M3 are better than the M4. The M4, from what I remember, looks like the current generation, you know, normal three series taillights. And the M4 should just be better. And you know, like the like M3 is a benchmark. The M4 should at least look, you know, at least my opinion. 
Yeah, and he- here's what I'll say about the taillights on the BMW. I can't tell on a rainy night anymore if I'm following a BMW or if I'm following a Lexus. I think they have the exact mm, same point. taillight design. And I liked the fact... I liked the old BMW taillights. 100%. I think that the current Lexus taillights are great and fit Lexus. I think the current BMW taillights are good, but I like the old ones better as a fit for BMW. If you take a look at the back of the new M3 and compare it next to an LS4... Uh, well, not a... An LS430. No, you were thinking, um, I, I was even going to go like, it was like the uh, LC500 or whatever that is. So I no, 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 not, well, the LC500 has that, it, that's a very distinct Lexus, I mean, that's a Lexus supercar, for lack of a better term. Mm, I, I, we shouldn't get into that tonight, but I wouldn't agree with that statement. It's not LFA. Yeah, look. no, 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 no. I, I agree with that. It, yeah, it, it's, it's in, I mean, it's, it's it, basically our, I mean, it's our opinion. Yeah, but the, ulti- ultimately, I look at the back of this, and my next door neighbor has a brand new LC, I think it's an LC430 that she just got. And if you took the badges off of both of them and put them side by side, I probably at first glance wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Mm-hmm. The... It reminds me, something we should get into someday is the Ford Mustang Mach 1. Hmm. The the Mach 1 or the, the Mach Disgusting? Oh, you're right. I mean, the Mach, it was the Mach E, actually, yes. is what I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah, the Mach Disgusting. We have yeah. tons of names for it, guys. As you can probably tell the way we think about it. We should get it on a deep dive. We should get into this one day. We'll, we'll have to... <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll put that on the schedule for next week. Back into our deep dive on BMW. Here here's the thing. I understand where the designers were going with the front end design of these cars with the M3 and the M4. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was the direction they should have taken. I don't Oh, 100%. You know, at the end of the day though, it's kind of like the reason why I bring up the E is because this is why they did it. I think the cars will sell. You know, and technically, they don't have to care. Motor motor companies, I'll argue, most of them, I don't think they care so much about their heritage or, or how they quote unquote look. You know, compared to each other, like back in the day, where car design was like from Lancia was just like some of them were you know in old Maseratis and Ferraris and even some American car makers, right? Like they just had beautiful looking cars, right? And it's a lot of Europeans, obviously. And but they cared. They cared about the design. Now, they wanted to sell well, you know? And yeah, and, that's and, a different kind of design language. It's why every car looks, it you know, looks the same very, side profile. It looks very Italian to me, which is interesting coming from a brand that German. literally has Bavaria in the <laughs> title. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, BMW's true... Uh, meaning the b in bmw is bavaria meaning germany uh so for a german car manufacturer who's world renowned for being a german car manufacturer and the driver's vehicle here's what i'll say the m3 and the m4 look hideous to me 
but I'm actually kind of okay with like the the standard three series looking toned back a bit without yeah. all the extra vents and things. It looks better. The I would I would gladly take I would gladly I would buy one either way, right? But I would gladly dad spec a three series like M three like M three fifty I whatever the M Sport. I gladly would dad spec a three series before I bought a new M3. Absolutely. And the three, I mean, look at like the, the 2021 three series sedan does not have the big obnoxious grill does not have, you know, still has all the luxuries mm-hmm. and the features. Doesn't have the power plant that the M3 or the M4 has. Might have Lexus taillights, but it all fits the car. Yeah, side side profile. You could see that it's a BMW. You get towards the back quarter panel, mm-hmm. it starts looking a little Lexus for me. I'm not, and you know, I'm not a huge BMW fan, but you know, it, it's something. Like I said, the three series, whether oh, it's, whether it's the three, you know, three twenty eight I or. The M3, the 3 Series has been a benchmark for so long, and... Yeah, it's a flagship model. I think the new 3 Series is great. I, I love the redesign, but yeah. Speaking it's of which, these new M cars, man. Do you ever notice that uh, there is a... And it's not on purpose, I'm sure, but there's basically... And I can hear your sports center. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's going on? Let's see, for those of you who like... ESPN. Oh, sorry, it's Dodgers. The Dodgers just won Game One of the World Series. Oh. I don't care about the Dodgers. I don't know about you. I don't care about the not Dodgers, a big Dodgers so. fan. So anyway, I'm a Cubs fan. <laughs> As am I. Um, <laughs> but now looking at um, kind of looking at the the design of everything that BMW is doing right now, um, I don't know. It's just it's generally interesting. Um, I think that it's for me, with the exception of the three series, their best, and I think it shouldn't be this way, but BMW's best looking car right now is the X7. Really? Closely for me, I think, I, I just think with the big girl, I like the portions of that, and even the X5. I think the X5, the X7, and the three series are their best looking cars. I am, I don't really like, not that I don't like the M or the eight, the eight series or the M eight or whatever. I don't think it's selling well still. And I wish it was. I but can, hey, they might be I good can see the years. body lines of the Rolls Royce Cullinan in the X seven. And you know that I like the Cullinan. I know so, you like the Cullinan. Maybe that, maybe, I like the Cullinan. Well, but... Maybe that's why. Oh, one one thing we got there. We're not getting into today. You guys can tell we get on tangents, knowing each other for so long. We get on tangents <laughs> all, the, all the time. Um, and but what I would say with that is, I the refresh of was it? I think the Dawn from Rolls is something that has ref. I think it's the Dawn, right? That they just refreshed, totally redesigned. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the. It, I think it yes. was the. Sorry, I, I, I got in my dog, head. Right? I was thinking Bentley for a second. Um, no. The, I, I used I to be on the, the Bentley wagon. I used to yeah. be on the Bentley wagon back in college. And I not that I thought Rolls was old, man. It's, their average age, I think, you know, 
what, probably 60-something. I think that's going down to, like, the 40s or something like that. I – that's something we should talk about. Is I don't think even personally, we like, offline of a podcast, we talk about his roles. And I think we should bring it up next week because I really, really, really like the redesign of or is it the goat? It's the dawn. Jesus, there's too many car models. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, they have the dawn, the ghost. They've got the the wraith. The wraith. They've got the like Bentega. like the black. The ben, that's Bentley. Nope. They sorry, got, we're talking rolls. Yes. <sighs> so they they, they have straight. They have the wraith and the dawn, the Cullinan. They have the what else? What's their flagship car? The Wraith? The big giant four-door. Not the Phantom. Phantom. Is it? Yeah, Phantom. They also have the... The Wraith is theirs. So I don't even know anymore, but the Dawn. The Dawn redesign. I was watching the, the press footage from Rolls. Of course, it's press footage, right? But it speaks to their... And plus, maybe another deep dive is they, they kind of went through a little bit of a rebranding not too long ago-ish. You know, I'm not sure if you know much about that, but I was paying attention to that. So maybe, maybe, maybe a good, uh, you know, maybe that might be a good topic or two for next week's uh, deep dive, even though it would be a prior week. So I'll, I'll find some article that will make it relevant for that week and we'll go into it. <laughs> sure. Um, I believe it was actually the, I believe it was the ghost that was updated. It was the ghost because the dawn is the convertible. Correct. Right. Yeah. It was the it was the, the ghost. The ghost Fantastic has the redesign. One. Yeah. And that no, I do agree with that. One one final thing before we break off of this uh uh BMW because we originally deep dove into BMW. Um mm-hmm. I'm gonna send you uh for those who don't know, we record uh in a Discord call, as a lot of podcasts do, in the uh, general lobby chat. I'm gonna post two pictures of okay. the bmw i8 the electric hybrid mm-hmm. i forgot about that one um i just want you to take a look at something that i will never be able to unsee now i uh, forgot how much i liked that car i never thought i'd like y- you Man, might change I your thought... mind when i point something out here in a second oh so... don't you ruin this for me <laughs> So look, look at <laughs> for those of you following along at home. Look up the the a picture of the rear end of the BMW i8, um, and notice that inside the blue lines is a hidden 911 Porsche 911. Take a look I at that. I can't unsee it. <laughs> I I think I just ruined this car for you, but I I noticed. Or did that. you make it better? Because to the to the users here, we both have a love for Porsche. And I, my love for Porsche has recently been re, you know, reinstilled, re, re uh, invigorated, and I love the 992, uh, 911. I, I, Nick knows I love that car. And, I and I've driven, I've driven the 992, 911 flat out, which I have not, and I hate <laughs> him for it. <laughs> it's. Uh... <laughs> I, I will say Porsche Nothing always finds a way. Nothing short of incredible. Oh, of course, but uh, Porsche always finds a way to drag me back in uh, every time I start to lose faith in them and, and them bringing us out to that press event and doing, 
yeah. literal hot laps in the 992 before really anybody else in the in North America had a chance to drive it. And we were doing over 130 miles an hour on the back straights coming up to Canada Corner at Road America. That was an unbelievable experience. Uh, for those of you who don't know, good friend of the podcast and my brother uh, has a YouTube channel shooting cars. You can go watch that video. Um, it, I believe the event, in fact, I have it up on the wall here as a memory, was uh, August 2nd of 2019. Uh, and somewhere around that date, he posted a video. It's uh, like forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, well, it, feel, it feels like both yesterday and over a year ago. One, it was over a year ago, but it, we just couldn't do anything this year because of the, the quarantine. So, and but, RLR had a lot of stuff. Went, maybe maybe that's one day. Maybe one of these pop deep dive RLR. Yeah. Well, what it is, us being new, kind of more, you know, less of this talk and just, you know, some things just, I guess, are about Redline Resorts, you know? Right. So One thing I want to bring up, too, with Porsche is, you know, the 911 specifically keeps getting bigger. Is it losing its identity as the flagship, nimble, small car, I guess? In my opinion, no. Um, flagship status, no. Flagship, um, no. But is it losing its stature? Performance is still there. To, We're not going to get into it today. Yeah. But it's definitely not what it used to be. It's, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. What's the next... Uh, what's well, the 911 going to be next year? It's well, looking... Panamera size? <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, when we discuss this, um, I'll have to pull the footage from when we went to the Peterson in LA, and they, they've got the outlines drawn on the wall of as it's gotten bigger, and it's surprising. But we'll, we'll get into that at another time. Speaking of Porsche, though, I think we're, yeah, we're good on the, the pump segue. the brakes section. Pump the brakes and deep dive. Last thing I guess we got on the list here would be last segment is, what is that, just uh, wrap up in hopes for the week, you know, well, planning for next week. So We didn't have that? a chance to talk about the 919. Mm, let's see, did we? Oh, no, we didn't. You're right. We actually hit everything except for that. So why don't we hit that in the wrap up? And while you're on Porsche... Let's hit that wrap up, and we'll then we'll get ready for uh, next week. So as as everybody listening has found out by now, we have an affinity for Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't um, say. <laughs> it's not like I have, I don't know, eighteen Hot Wheels on my office wall of various Porsche models, and an entire small shelf and shrine and dedicated to the the brand. Uh, and I I might not have that, but. What say is ever since my uncle took me for a ride i think what maybe a, a 2006 boxer convertible when i was a kid on the california freeway as fast as he wanted to go which no my uncle is just he'll do whatever he wants frankly and i've been porsche has been a love of mine ever since and like i said recently reinstilled but dang it's just porsche man I, so they just they they are the benchmark i'll say that porsches so are the benchmark for me, absolutely, <laughs> and uh, and it's Porsche, not Porsche. Yeah, it's I, a, I used to, I used to have a shirt that said Porsche. It's a two syllable word, so I don't care if people say it's Porsche. <laughs> it's absolutely Porsche. So here, here's what I wanted to bring up. One is specifically for this podcast. So Porsche created the 919 Evo, 
Which I know nothing about. You got a picture of something? Yeah, so so the 919 Evo is a hyper-modified DTM prototype car. So we're talking... They they basically took one of their 919s from 24 Hours of Le Mans and broke all the rules specifically so that it can go faster than any car out there. Now, what you're looking at right now is the 919 standard, the the 919 hybrid that they raced at Le Mans. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So what did they do to it? I thought that's what they did to it. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, So. Side note, before you share this with me, I love one of my, maybe even better than my, you know, my love for the 911 is inspired. I love every part of that car. I will say. Yes. So here's here's a, an image this is of what, <laughs> what they ended up doing to it. So they removed the headlights. They removed the windshield wipers. They removed pretty much everything that wasn't essential. Um, Who needs that? Well, when you're going to specifically... Dis- literally, their goal <laughs> was to destroy Lewis Hamilton's time on uh, Spa, his lap time. And they did that. Um, (laughs) With, let's see. So his qualification, Hamilton's qualification lap on the 2020 uh, Belgian Grand Prix was a minute 41.252 seconds. Um, The 919 beat that by 12 seconds. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Let's just say the 919 Evo beat that by two seconds or 12 seconds um you know what i was gonna say about this car it doesn't what it looks like is not what mclaren does to their top end cars where they make them fast as heck but kind of crazy as heck if you ask me this looks they might have thrown the rules out of the book but in doing so in classic german fashion they made everything you know usable everything's functional it looks like oh absolutely it it frankly looks simpler than the lamar car and yet it's just a clearly a a beast so so here's what they did they removed the air conditioning because you need that when you're doing 24-hour races they removed the the windshield wipers they removed the headlights they removed most of the electrical devices that were non-essential to just making the car run uh, they re- reduced the car's weight by 86 pounds. Um, Which was already, you know, light, obviously, because of the... Right. Uh, it ended up coming in with driver ballast at 1,958 pounds. And they increased downforce by 53% and increased aerodynamic efficiency by 66% by adding, uh, basically, side skirts. So it, it could keep the that dirty, turbulent air underneath the car, keeping it sucked to the track. Um, they enlarged the rear wing, and then they made an active DRS solution for the rear wing. That massive, massive rear wing has DRS. So That's absolutely <laughs> insane. It is an absolute monster. I believe... Based on the way it looks, would you say it's the ultimate non-sleeper sleeper? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, I wouldn't even call it. I, honestly, I wouldn't even call it a sleeper because it clearly you look at it and the thing's a race car. I mean, like, like yeah, like sometimes like you look at it, it's, but you look at like you compare the one that they started with it looks to me crazier. It's like that's what I would expect to be super yeah. super fast. This one looks a lot more simple and quote unquote normal for a race car if that's even possible. Yeah, and it. it I that's think what I'm it, saying. Like it's it's the most sleeper non sleeper ever. <laughs> well, yeah. So then, throughout 2018 and 2019. They took this thing on basically a world tour of racetracks, just demolishing records. Oh, they're, they're playing on my heartstrings. <laughs> um, they beat the lap time at the Nürburgring, They beat, which was held by a previous Porsche. I believe it was the 956 from way back in the day. They beat that. They beat... Uh, so- they beat the hill climb at uh, Goodwood. They beat everything at the Festival of Porsche at Brands Hatch, which clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat uh, Laguna Seca, the Rensport reunion. Maybe a better question is, what didn't they beat? <laughs> uh, there was one. Um, oh, really? Yes. They did not beat one record I can't remember which track and I should have written it down um but yeah the basically the thing weighs 2,000 pounds with a driver in it and has over a thousand combined horsepower between the electric motors and the V4 in it um it's about 710 horsepower from a V4 engine and then overall um adds about another i think it was 500 horsepower uh, roughly um oh i'm sorry 434 horsepower by my notes uh that they added to the electric motors so we're looking at a roughly 1200 horsepower monster machine that you can't unstick from the track so they are I love Porsche (laughs) their their full lap time of the Nürburgring was 6 minutes 11.3 seconds before and I believe they recorded the lap time of 5 minutes 19.5 seconds oh my lord that is insane (laughs) The only thing I'm looking forward to after this is what another manufacturer makes. (laughs) Well, you know, to get anywhere close to that, I mean, literally their goal was to go out and they're like, yeah, we want to beat the Mercedes W11. That's all we want to do that. We want to beat the W11 F1 car. And they did. And they destroyed it. (laughs) I mean, granted the thing can't run in any, legal racing competition it's got no restrictors on the fuel it's got side skirts which are you know banned in most racing series um maybe that's another topic for us at a later time is you know the rules and regulations and how they make that fair um or not or not 
depending on the racing series, it can vary. Um, you know, it, I mean, and, and it's not like this car was bad in the first place or not even, it, it was an amazing vehicle in the first place. They won like seven or eight, uh, like GT touring championships with this thing. Mm-hmm. And then they just decided, you know what? It's, it's, a, it's our going proven. away party. Let's just make the thing absolutely insane. So. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. That, to say the least. That to me was very. Uh, yeah. So basically what what I wanted to lead the end of this into is so they built this 919. They do all these crazy things with it. And then they took that technology and dumped it into Formula E. And then of course their Formula E season got cut short this year. So they oh, they did not di- they discontinued the development of the 919 specifically to work on Formula E. And then COVID Yep. Trashed the f- oh, really. So that's, that's why I'm hell. very excited for the next season of Formula E, especially with Porsche. I, I well, I could have sworn that weren't they unsure if they were going to continue in Formula E? Oh uh, yeah, but they reopened. They've already reopened. So they had me worried there. I mean, for those on the uh, on the those on the, on the listening on the podcast, we were a little involved. Well, we won't spoil anything, but I guess beyond your, you know, average form of the E fan base, Porsche North America. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I was worried there for a second on how talking that, you know, they weren't going to stick around in form of the E for two. I'm, I'm ecstatic that they are, clearly. But I was worried there. Um, so to hear this makes me happy, <laughs> to put it. Yeah, they, yeah they, they definitely, they re-upped. We're, we're definitely going to see more out of Porsche specifically uh in the in the formula e series so i'm i'm very excited about that i really yeah. wanted to share the story of the 919 because that is well it gets me excited for formula e because i already love formula e. clearly right but yeah and formula we e, I, can't I, I feel like i wish i can't recommend enough the the documentary and we go green oh 100 um, it, it totally that re, like, kind of like porsche you know just various things that are against porsche you know? Um, that for me reinstilled my, or actually kind of created a, a, you know, a passion for, I guess, Formula E. And I feel like I was just starting to get into that passion, and then 2020 hit. You know, we were gonna do some things with Formula E, and then you know that that passion was was starting to grow, and then no season, and you know, COVID ruined everything. It's like, well, crap. You know, as I was just getting into it, so I'm anxious for it to start again. I think. It's, this is a pretty piece of engine of just human engineering. <laughs> so, well, I, I'm looking forward to see what they can. I hope I I want again being biased. I want them to become the uh, you know AMG Patronus Mercedes whatever whatever the full name of the team of Formula E. I I, I think I think they've got their. I definitely think they've got their work cut out for them. Especially oh, with, not a, with, sure, their, yeah, not, with their sister yes. company, Audi, having been 
or out. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they they're to gonna have to work up to it. Uh yes. Like it's not just gonna be you know with this whatever this new technology the nine one is brought for eventually. It's not gonna be immediate, but I'm gonna enjoy seeing them work towards it, and I think they can get there. Yeah. In time. Yeah. So. Wrap it up and the uh, hopes for the week because honestly, I don't have any right now. This week's kind of been, you know, we're recording on a Wednesday. It's kind of like mid of this week. You know, it's only maybe a, a few days here to pick up things for regular recorded Sunday stuff for next Sunday. Well, um, I, I don't I don't have anything I'm looking forward to right now besides, you know, Portugal. So Right. And, and as far as racing goes, no, I, I guess I don't have much else that I'm truly excited for. Um, besides Portugal, I am excited to watch Portugal and, uh, are you going to watch qualifying or, or practice at all? I'll probably, just... I'll probably keep up to date on it. Um, but as far as time frame and, you know, day-to-day working, I think those are late in the morning. I think the like Friday and was it Saturday, Friday and Saturday, I think they're really early in the morning. So what I might do is record it. Maybe watch it like, you know, it's whatever I can Saturday night and to watch the race Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I'll try to watch at least qual. I usually try to keep the live timings up on my phone while I'm mm-hmm. doing, you know, standard business paperwork throughout the day. Um, I'll try to keep the live timings up when they've got the timings going. If it's in a, you know, at a reasonable time and a reasonable hour. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can catch bits and pieces of it, fantastic. If not, um, yeah, I, I'm more interested in, you know, obviously qualifying in the race than I am any of the FPs, but yeah, I think, well, but then again, obviously sometimes FPs can make or break a race. Look at, uh, Russia with Lewis Hamilton. He started in the wrong position it was in the race director's notes uh, i believe we brought this up last week <laughs> and uh after his crybaby fest um then uh about you know not reading the race director's notes then he uh you know was placed on a pretty significant penalty so yeah i guess practice can make a very big difference uh, especially if we've got, you know, wrecked cars and heaven knows, you know, especially like with Magello. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we they were wrecking cars left and right. Brand new track, yep. high speed corners, track. I think, be given that it's new, I don't generally practice. I, I care more about the Yeah. Stay, right? But I think I want to see at least maybe the last practice, practice session just because almost even like for me. You know, I don't know what to expect. Like, I, I don't know what the corners look. I, I don't know what, what to expect from the track, you know? So it's like, I want to see that and get my bearings before getting qualified, you know? I'm, I'm going to try to hit it, see if I can uh, record it. So I'll be working during when that's going. So I'm going to see if I can't record it and maybe get a little, prepare myself and try, try and get qualifying at least before. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. That's all. That's that's all on, on my count. I mean, uh, unless something else pops up, and it might, it might not. We'll see. But definitely going to be prioritized. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, well. that's going to wrap it up for this week. Unfortunately, yeah, we thanks, had some, guys. Some te- technical difficulties in the middle, and 
we're still working out the podcast, but we'll get yeah, there. We're still figuring out a, a system. Or we're still figuring out what, what we like, what works for us and you guys. And you know, the second one we didn't even record on usual Sundays, but uh, <laughs> you know, a little some things got in the way in, in uh, you know on the weekend. But we'll uh, we'll return to our usual Sunday stuff next week. So thanks for staying tuned with us and being yeah. flexible. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, topics you want us to cover, uh, we will be putting that out to you guys to give us feedback at podcast at redlineresorts.com. That's our new email address specifically for the podcast. Um, and hit us up on social media too. Yep. we're I believe we're Redline Resorts on all social media at this point. So... Yep. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Uh, if you can't find us on one, let us know. We'll get an account so you can follow us on there as well. Yep. I'm Nick. That's I'm Matt. Matt. <laughs> Fine. Oh. That's Nick. <laughs> We're still working on our outro. <laughs> yeah. I'm Nick. That's Matt. We're the Redline Resorts guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>